0: Sermon 25 of the Sermons upon the Epistle of St. Paul to the Ephesians by John Calvin, translated by Arthur Golding. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. And the very same hath given some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some shepherds and teachers, for the reparation of the saints, to the work of administration, and for the edifying of the body of Christ, We have seen heretofore how our Lord Jesus Christ hath not withdrawn his power far from us, though he be exalted above the heavens. There is a great distance betwixt him and us, as in respect of the absence of his body out of the world, but yet do we find him always present by the power of his Holy Spirit, and by that means doth he fill all things. And now, Saint Paul showeth that this manner of filling is to the intent that every faithful man should with all lowliness serve his own turn with the gifts and grace which it hath pleased our Lord to bestow upon those whom he hath set in his church to govern it. And that on the other side, they that have received the larger measure should not advance themselves for all that, nor draw alone by themselves, but endeavour to do service to the common benefit, salvation and welfare of all God's children. The sum, therefore, of that which St. Paul was minded to say is that Jesus Christ, having all riches in him, hath not dealt thereof unto every of us part and part like, at leastwise, so as we should all be thoroughly perfect, for he meant it not, but that he hath distributed them by measure, and in very deed the order which he hath set in his church showeth it, for all are not prophets, all are not teachers, all are not evangelists. Then doth it follow that Christ intendeth to distribute his gifts by certain measure, And thereupon we have to conclude that he which presumeth of himself, and surmiseth that he hath all that is requisite, doth foully deceive himself two ways. For there is not that man which hath received such perfection, but that he hath need to profit still with his brethren. That is one point. Again, he that is the excellentest of all others, is most bound to do good with the things that God hath committed to his charge, or to his trust as a pawn. On the contrary part, the meaner and the ignorant sort must not envy them that go before them in learning and wisdom, because it is Jesus Christ's will to have it so, and so must it be, seeing he will have his church governed by the means of men. Now then we see whereat the prophet aimed, namely that we should so suffer ourselves to be filled with the spiritual gifts that belong to our salvation, as none of us refuse to be taught by the means of men. Let us not belike these fantastical persons who would have God to send them some revelation from heaven, and that they might have no need of preaching or reading. Let us not be carried away with such foolish overweening, but let all of us, both great and small, submit ourselves soberly to the order that our Lord Jesus Christ hath set, which is, that such as have great skill, and are well seen in the holy scriptures, and have the gift of teaching, should strain themselves to serve the whole church as they be bound to do. For to that end hath God advanced them above others. And that the meaner sort and the ignorant be not envious, for that they see not themselves to have like portion, but consider that it is enough for them that God forgat them not, but that the dealing of his gracious gifts after that manner was to their profit and salvation. It was God's will that all things should be made common, and that every member of the body should have his part of them, at least wise so the order be always kept. Now St. Paul... In saying that our Lord Jesus Christ gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers, doth us to understand that the preaching of the gospel and the meeting of men together to hear the holy scriptures expounded is not a thing invented by men, but that God hath ordained it, and our Lord Jesus hath set it down for a law, and we must keep it without breaking it. For in good sooth, were it not set down by the sovereign authority of the Son of God, men are so high-minded that many of them would shake off that yoke. What have I to do? would every man say to be taught by my fellow seeing we have the holy scripture among us ought we not to fetch thence whatsoever is meet for us to know why then should any one man be preferred before the rest of the company thus would there be an horrible disorder in the church so as no man would submit himself to be taught no man would be a learner to have a master or teacher over him unless we were fully persuaded and resolved that that order was not of man's device But that it is a government set down for all the faithful by the Son of God, who will have them heard which have the charge of teaching, as men sent by him, telling men that they despise him, and do him wrong, and rebel against him and his father, if they receive not his doctrine with all humbleness, and that whosoever will be taken for a Christian must also be a child of the church. And so ye see in effect what we have to remember, when St. Paul imputeth the having of prophets, and teachers, and shepherds, unto the person of Jesus Christ." Furthermore, to the intent, we should be the more gentle and tractable, and make no sticking to receive the doctrine that hath been preached unto us, and to be always learners in the school of our Lord Jesus Christ. St. Paul telleth us also, that when we have good and faithful teachers, and others that labour to show us the way of salvation, it is a sign that our Lord Jesus Christ hath not left us, nor forgotten us, but that he is present with us, and watcheth for our salvation and welfare. Therefore let us not surmise that men can put themselves forth of their own head. For no man can skill to speak one word to the glory of Jesus Christ except it be given him from above, and that the Holy Ghost govern his tongue. And in very deed it is for the same cause that it is said that the Holy Scripture is a wisdom which passeth all wit of man, and that the natural man understandeth no wit of it, but that God must be fain to reveal the things to us which else are too high and hidden from us. Now then, when we see the Holy Scripture truly expounded and applied rightly to our use, let us assure ourselves that God's Spirit giveth us record that he abideth among us. Wherefore, let us learn to receive so excellent a gift, assuring ourselves that it is the homage which our Lord Jesus demandeth at our hands, and that is a cause also why the gospel is called the kingdom of heaven. For we bewray right well that we take not God for our King, nor are willing to honour our Lord Jesus Christ when he is sent unto us, if we suffer not ourselves to be governed by the means that he commandeth and alloweth, which is the preaching of the gospel, whereunto we must yield such obedience as to receive the doctrine of it without gainsaying, so that he which hath the charge of teaching acquit himself faithfully, And the residue be not so high-minded, as to say, Tush, I may forbear it well enough, but receive the things willingly which are spoken to them, and suffer themselves to be taught, for fear, lest they should resist the Son of God, that we may continue in them all the time of our life, as shall be declared more at length again anon. Now besides this, St. Paul, by the diversity of the officers which he setteth down, expresseth yet better how greatly forecasting our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed himself for the salvation of those that are his, in that he hath left nothing behind which was requisite and convenient to bring them to the heritage of salvation. We must note here concerning these officers which St. Paul rehearseth that some of them served but for a time as the office of apostleship, For they were not chosen of purpose to continue to the world's end, but only to publish abroad the doctrine of the gospel until it was received through the whole world, I mean in all kingdoms and countries, though every man showed not himself obedient unto it. Then was there that special reason why our Lord Jesus Christ ordained the twelve apostles, unto whom St. Paul was joined afterward, to preach among the Gentiles, and it was as an entering into the possession of his kingdom? But after that the gospel was once authorised, after that manner the office of apostleship ceased. Yet notwithstanding they had companions and help-fellows, who were not of equal degree but yet in commission with them to sow abroad the seed of salvation, and to them doth St. Paul name evangelists or gospelers. According whereunto, writing unto Timothy, he saith, Go through diligently with the work of an evangelist those two officers then served but for that time. Now, as touching the office of prophets, we have it not so excellent nowadays, as it was then, as men see. For God hath abated his gifts because of the unthankfulness of the world, not that he showeth not himself as liberal as is requisite for our salvation, but because that, howsoever the world go, we be unworthy to have his treasures so largely poured out, as they had them at the first upspring of the gospel. Therefore doth he give us but a small portion of them, Howsoever we fare, the prophets served to be, as it were, expounders of God's will, and had a much higher understanding of the scriptures than the common teachers had, whose office was to instruct. As for the shepherds which St. Paul speaketh of, they be the ministers of the word which have ordinary charge to teach in some place. As much is to be said of the teachers, as we see by example of the Church of Antioch in the 13th of the Acts. True it is that none can be a shepherd except he teach, but yet for all that the teachers have a several charge by themselves, which is to expound the scripture, that there may be always a good and sound understanding of them, that the same may have his force, and continue in the church, so as heresies and false opinions bud not up, but that the faith may abide firm and sure above all things. To that end served the teachers." Therefore we see by the report of St. Luke that the apostles were not tied to any one certain place, neither did Jesus Christ ordain them to that end. Preach ye the gospel, saith he, to all creatures. And for that cause, according as occasion was given them, and as gaps were opened unto them for the preaching of the gospel, they employed themselves about it, and were not tied to any certain place. And why? For their commission reached further. Ye see then that the apostles had charge to go to and fro, and had no resting place, that is to say, they had not the charge of any several church committed unto them, so as they might say, Here will I abide. As much is to be said of the evangelists, for they went about the world too, except it were when they were called particularly to some place. After that manner had Timothy been chosen for a time, howbeit, forasmuch as he could ill be foreborn in the office of an evangelist, he was fain to shift his place, now one where, now another where. Titus was allotted to the Isle of Candy, True it is that he was not yet altogether settled there, but yet was he fain to hold him to that church, albeit that he was removed to and fro according as the present opportunity and need required. And herein we see how these lewd folk, which would pervert all order of government and seek nothing but confusion, do spite God in saying that a man must not tarry always in one place, but follow the example of the Apostles. But that is a flat mocking of Jesus Christ, as we see by this text. Ye see, then, how we have to mark that the apostles were as trumpets to proclaim the gospel everywhere, and that they had evangelists in like charge with them to bear them company. But yet, in the meanwhile, there were prophets also, which were conversant more in one place than in another, after as it pleased God to distribute his grace... Yet nevertheless, there were of them in every church, according as we see that in the epistle to the Corinthians, that St. Paul standeth mightily upon that point, showing that the gift of prophecy ought to be preferred before all other gifts, because it is more profitable, and serveth more to the edifying of the church. As touching shepherds, we see how St. Paul and his companion Barnabas ordained of them everywhere, and also how he commandeth Titus and Timothy to cause the churches to be so provided, as they might always have some shepherd to guide them for otherwise there would be nothing but disorder. Now then, since we see that the choice of ministers and shepherds was made by the authority of Jesus Christ, and they had, as it were, their place appointed them, to say, Thou must look about thee here, as if a man were set in a bulwark or in some tower to keep it, when it were in any danger, it becometh every man to keep his place, and not to covet to gad here and there, but hold himself bound to the place where he is. This, say I, is the thing which we have to mark when St. Paul speaketh of such a variety. To be short, let us learn that our Lord Jesus knew whatsoever was profitable for the welfare of his church, and that he showed it in having a care that the faithful might not want anything, but that they might have sufficient and convenient means to draw them to the kingdom of heaven. Nowadays we have no more the office of apostleship, as I told you before, neither have we any ordinary evangelists, but yet for all that God doth nevertheless draw us unto him, and give us all helps that are meet for us. Indeed he chastiseth our unthankfulness, and because he sees his word despised, he gives us the things with a wet finger, as they say, which we should have more fully, if we had such zeal to them as were requisite yet notwithstanding let us not think our state to be the worse because we have none apostles nowadays for it were more than needeth it was right necessary considering the confusion and disorder of the popedom that god should stir up men which were not chosen according to the order of the church but yet he gave them grace and they served his turn But now that there is order set both here and elsewhere where the gospel is preached, we must come back to the thing before alleged, namely that when God giveth us such shepherds as labor to guide us faithfully, and thereto we have teachers also which are able to maintain the pureness of the doctrine among us and to strengthen us in the pure truth of the gospel and to withstand all sects and errors, we must understand that that grace ought to be so esteemed. We must not grudge against God. Moreover, it is very certain that if the gospel were received with such reverence and earnestness as it deserveth, God also would be more bountiful on his side. Whereas we see now so few good preachers, yea, and that there step up a sort of dirt-daubers worse than naught, and far lewder than the monks in the popedom, which are as ready to preach Muhammad's al-Quran as Christ's gospel, so they may keep their living still, and when besides those we see also a sort of drunkards that have no more zeal than swine, but are as mastiffs that bark not, nor never open their lips but to confound light and darkness together, that all things might be put out of order. Let us understand that God executeth just vengeance upon the despising of his gospel." For let us see a little what the humility and submission is which men yield unto God for all their hearing of the sound of this doctrine, and for all his setting up of the scepter of his gospel, to show that he is minded to reign over us. We see that most men could find in their hearts to have no religion at all. Again, they that make fairest countenance would yet full fain that the gospel were still but a shadowing place of ceremonies, and howsoever the world go, they be loath to bear any yoke, they cannot abide to be rebuked for their vices, but they would have a beastly licentiousness, conditionally that they might do what they list, they would be contented that the gospel should be preached, as who should say they would grant it unto Jesus Christ by composition and covenant. But in the meanwhile all is but hypocrisy, and they cannot so conceal their counterfeiting, but that the world doth well see that they be as shameless as harlots." For doubtless a man shall find more religion and fear of God in the popedom than among those that are in the places where the gospel is preached. But the mischief of all mischiefs is that a sort of these naughty packs step up into the chair of truth, of whom some are drunkards, some whoremongers, and some blasphemers, and to be short, there is such wickedness among them as is horrible to see. Since we know this, let us cast down our eyes and condemn the unthankfulness and rebelliousness that is in us, as the cause of all the disorder that we see. But howsoever the world go with us, yet if our Lord be so beneficial to us still, as to have his doctrine preached to us, therein we have a sure and infallible token that he is near at hand with us, and that he seeketh our salvation by calling us unto him, as though he spake with open mouth, and that we saw him personally before us, Then can we not fail nor be deceived in assuring ourselves that Jesus Christ calleth us to him, and that he holdeth out his arms open to receive us, as oft as the gospel is preached unto us? And we need not to seek revelations from heaven, nor to wander abroad, for seeing that the word is in our heart and mouth, what would we more? Who shall fly up above the clouds? Who shall go down into the deeps? Let us assure ourselves that God offereth himself unto us in the person of his only Son, when he sendeth us preachers and teachers." And herewithal let us still have an eye to that which I said afore, which is, that they, to whom God giveth most of his grace, must consider that, by that means, they be the more bound to employ themselves in the place that our Lord hath assigned them to, and whereunto it is his pleasure to appropriate them. He, then, that hath knowledge, must not exalt himself for it, but consider that he is a better to the whole body and thereupon examine well how he may serve to the glory of God, with the things that he hath put him in trust withal, and make the gift which he hath received profitable, assuring himself that the use thereof is common to all men, and that although God have committed it to his custody, and will have him to be the keeper of it, yet must he not hold it as a treasure, locked up in a hutch, but imparted abroad to such as want it, and have need of it. Herewithal also let us keep us from envying of those whom it is God's will to honour after that fashion, that there be no spitefulness in us to say, Why, and is it meet that such a one should be preferred before me? For in so doing we spite God, and therefore let every of us know his own state and degree, and not stand in contention with our God, assuring ourselves that the things which he hath ordained in his church are done by irrevocable judgment." Wherefore, let us abhor these mad brains that would take away the order which we see to be grounded upon the authority of the Son of God. There are that think the preaching of the gospel to be a needless thing, and that it serveth as it were but for little children, and that they themselves have the Holy Ghost at commandment, to reveal things to them from heaven every minute of an hour. But it is certain that the devil blindeth them in that overweening, and men know that he had won the goal if the means of our salvation were abolished and taken away. For like as St. Paul saith, that the preaching of the gospel must serve to make the church perfect, that we may be brought to the kingdom of heaven. So on the contrary part, when there is no more any doctrine or shepherd, the devil must needs so overmaster us, as we shall be scattered asunder, and nothing shall remain but ruin and destruction. Seeing then that this order is not of men, let us learn to submit ourselves unto it, and let all of us, both great and small, without gainsaying, suffer God to guide us by that means, seeing it hath pleased him to appoint it also we see how god's children are called the children of the church and saint paul showeth that our lord jesus will reign over us with condition that his word be always in men's mouths he saith not that the angels shall come to reveal unto us the things that god will have us to know but he saith that we must understand god's will by their means which have the charge and office to tell it us For like as in the time of the law it was said that the priests were God's angels, and that men ought to inquire at their mouth. So now also God will not have us to flitter in the air after our own fancies, but to go to the fountain which is open for us when we list to drink. If a man would go seek the head and wellspring of a fountain, I mean as it is hidden in the earth, and would hold scorn to drink until he had found it, would not men take him for stuck mad and beside himself? Yes, that would they. But, behold, God hath provided for our infirmity, in that he will not have us to make two long windlasses to be taught his word faithfully. For he maketh the well-spring to come home to us, which was hidden and far from us. I say, he maketh it to come home to us, as it were by conduits, so as we need do no more, but open our mouths to receive it. Like as when there are fair conduits that run with continual water abundantly, men will come to draw at them for their needs, So was it our Lord's will that his word should be set forth unto us by his ordaining of men to be the instruments of his Holy Spirit. Then, seeing it is so, let us learn to hold us to it, and if we will be taught of God, let us receive the doctrine that is preached to us by the mouths of men. This, say I, is the thing that we have to remember upon this text, to the intent, we be not so foolish as to say, Why hath not God given me such grace or gift? Why is it his will to use such means?' Let us content ourselves with this, namely that his ordinance ought to suffice us, and that if we will needs fall to reasoning of the matter, we shall ever be put to shame, because there is no wisdom but only his good will. Also let us mark that which is said immediately in this text, namely that it is God's will that there should be order of ministry or service, as if it were said God could well bring us to perfection by himself, without any other means or help. Albeit, forasmuch as he will be served by men, and he applieth them to such use, as he maketh them ministers, so as men perceive that the praise of our salvation is always due to him, and that all goodness cometh of him, it behoveth men to submit themselves thereto. But here it might be thought strange why St. Paul, instead of speaking of the gifts of the Holy Ghost, bringeth us unto officers. For he began with this matter, namely, that our Lord Jesus Christ gave gifts according to the measure which he knoweth to be fit for us, and that in diverse manners, by means whereof he filleth all things. Now to confirm this he saith that there are apostles, shepherds, teachers, and evangelists. It should seem that St. Paul doth not well continue the process of the matter that he treated of. But here we have to note, as we see also more largely in the first to the Corinthians, that forasmuch as our Lord Jesus hath established the order that we have spoken of already, and continueth the same still in his church, so as it is his will that there should be shepherds, prophets, and teachers, he doth also furnish them out of hand with the things that are requisite for the executing of their office, for he dealeth not after the manner of men. We, for our part, may choose one man to be an office of magistrate, and another to be a preacher, but in the meanwhile we cannot give them that which is requisite for them. For we cannot make a new man of him that is advanced to honour, but he must abide still the same that he was for all us. Also, when it cometh to the election, every man gives his voice. Very well, he that is chosen shall be officer, but yet in the meanwhile he shall continue still the same he was before. In like case is it with shepherds. We may well choose a man, and he shall perchance prove a beast, for we cannot cause him to be qualified as he ought to be. But when men are of God's own choosing, so as he beareth the whole sway, then are the gifts joined inseparably with their charge. When our Lord Jesus chose his apostles, he chose silly fishermen, and such as were unlearned, and yet did he serve his turn with them for the publishing of his gospel. Howbeit not to teach as yet, but to go abroad as his heralds, to give warning that the king was come. But when he intended to send them forth to their office for ado, he sent them the Holy Ghost, showing thereby, as is said in many other texts, that all things requisite for the welfare of the church must needs come of his free gift, because it is well known that all things proceed of him, to the end that all praise should be given unto him. Then is it no marvel that St. Paul, speaking here of the diversity of gifts, and of the measure that it hath pleased God to deal to every man, doth send us purposely to the officers, as if he should say, it is not without cause that God distributeth not his gifts in alike to all. For he will not have all men shepherds, or prophets, or teachers, or apostles, or evangelists. But he calleth whom he thinks good, and therein trieth our humility. And therefore, if we be willing to be subject to him, let us not stick to take all authority and good worth, which is grounded in him and upon his ordinance. Now it is so, God letteth many men alone in private state, and in the meanwhile chooseth whom he thinks good to preach his word. Therefore men must hold them there furthermore let us mark that if men proceed to their elections with the fear of god and seek to obey him surely he will also show by effect that they whom he hath called to teach and to whom the charge of ruling the flock is committed shall not be destitute of his power but that he will furnish them with all things requisite as experience showeth well enough and it is witnessed unto us that if we meet together in the name of our lord jesus christ so it be truly and unfeignedly he will be in the midst of us thus ye see what we have to bear in mind Yet notwithstanding, we see that the papacy hath so contrived men and framed them to their own lure, as they be utterly gone away from the order of our Lord Jesus Christ, and from the manner of governing the church, which was known of the apostles. Let us look back again to the thing that St. Paul treateth of here. His meaning is to bring us to the unity aforementioned. Therefore he will have us to be of one accord, to link together like brethren, and to shoot all at one mark, as having but one head which kniteth us all together, so as there be neither envy, nor ill-will, nor sects, nor aught else that may divide us. Now to bring us hereunto, he saith, that there is but one God, and one Lord, to whom all sovereignty is given, and that there is but one baptism, and one faith, and that we be called all to one inheritance.' After the saying of this he addeth that Jesus Christ, for the better ratifying of that unity, would that one man alone should teach the rest, and that the company should give ear to him, and therewithal that all of us, as well he that speaketh, as they that hear him, should have one selfsame faith, forasmuch then as all of us cannot be apostles, teachers, and prophets, He hath chosen some of us to be in that state and office. To the end we might be brought to the said unity, and Jesus Christ be acknowledged for our head, and all of us be gathered together under him. Lo, how St. Paul speaketh of it. But now if there had been any chiefty or supremacy, so as it had been God's mind to have assigned a seat in this world, the bishop whereof should have had superiority over all the church and his commission, have reached so far that his sovereignty must have taken place everywhere. Surely St. Paul would not have forgotten it, or else, if he had, it had been a very foul fault. Spake he by the Holy Ghost, and yet left he out the principal and most convenient point of his matter? No, and therefore, if there were no more but this only text, surely it were enough to confound the shamelessness of the Papists, when they say there must needs be an underhead in this world, and that because Jesus Christ is gone out of this world, therefore he must needs have a vicar. But it is certain that St. Paul meant to show the thing which we have seen in other texts, which is, that St. Peter's apostleship extended not unto us. For he was appointed peculiarly to the Jews, as is declared in the second to the Galatians. But howsoever the case stand, we see here the continual order which we must keep, and whereunto we must hold us, if we mind to be subject to our Lord Jesus Christ." And that is not to have a Pope, but that every church have his shepherds and teachers, according to their need, according to the number of the people, and according as the place requireth, that when we be so knit into one body of a church, we may have a lawful government, which is impossible for us to forbear, by reason of our rawness and the weakness of our faith, in respect whereof it standeth us on hand, to have the remedy which our Lord Jesus Christ hath given us, that men may hold themselves to his saying and authority. That is it in effect, which we have to mark upon this strain. Again St. Paul proceedeth afterward to show the inestimable benefit which we have by such order, and the fruit that we reap of it. For, as I have touched afore, men are so high-minded that every one would be a lord. Therefore there is nothing better than to know that God worketh our welfare by ordaining this order of government, namely that there should be shepherds to teach us. For it is as a fighting against our own salvation, when we play the stubborn fools, and will not like of the thing that God hath ordained for our sovereign welfare. Truly, if there were no more but this, namely, that God hath so willed, woe worth him that dares check against the majesty of his Maker. Yet notwithstanding, the world seeth our naughtiness, and although we grant it to be good reason that we should obey God, Yet can we not find in our hearts to do it willingly and with a free heart, except we see immediately before our eyes that it is for our profit to do so, and that God's intent was not alone to humble us under him, but also to advance us therewithal, by willing this order to be kept. And so you see whereat St. Paul aimed here, for it is not enough for us to reverence the thing that God commandeth, or to tremble at it, to the end to do it half perforce and half of good will, but we must go to it with an earnest desire. And how may that be done? By knowing that it is for our profit. Now since we know it is so, and specially that it standeth upon our salvation, we ought well to apply all our wits unto it, or else our unthankfulness will be the less tolerable, when we fall to thrusting away of the thing that God offereth us, not so much for any respect of himself as for our profit. That, then, is the thing which St. Paul intended in saying that the preaching of the gospel and the appointing of men expressly to that purpose is to link us together, that there might be no dissension among us. And on the contrary part, St. Paul declareth also that all fantastical persons which reject common order, and would be so spiritual as if they were ravished above the clouds, are separated from the body of the church, and therewithal renounce God, by reason whereof they ought to be even abhorred and shunned as deadly plagues, because they set dissension in the church. For we be never so desirous of unity, yet shall all that we can do be in vain, if we hold us not to the thing that St. Paul speaketh here, that is to say that our Lord Jesus intended to knit the knot fast and sure in his own body. And therefore if any man say he will withdraw himself from the obedience of the church, it is all one, as if he would cut asunder the sinews of a body. I pretend peradventure to love somebody, and yet notwithstanding cut asunder the sinews of it everywhere." so as the whole body, being disjointed and dismembered, falleth in a swand and finally rotteth quite away. Even so standeth the case with us, for we should link together, and God hath provided very well for it. As how? By giving us prophets, teachers, shepherds, and evangelists. Now if we reject them, what else is to be said, but that we be minded to break asunder all the unity which our Lord had appointed to be among us? To be short, St. Paul showeth here, That all such as do not submit themselves to the doctrine of the gospel, and yield reverence to the minister thereof, are deadly enemies of God's people, and seekers of their own confusion, and therefore that men ought to shun them as wolves, because they be utterly intolerable, inasmuch as they procure the overthrow of the church, despise God in the things that were well ruled, and forsake the perfection of all good things. To be short, St. Paul addeth immediately after that it is the edifying or building up of the body of Christ, and this serves also to make those yet more abhorred which will not yield themselves to this spiritual government that our lord jesus hath allowed of for the body of our lord jesus ought to be precious unto us indeed it had been enough if he had said the church but by using this honourable title saint paul showeth us that it is too heinous treason for us to seek to rend the body of our lord jesus christ in pieces Now it is so that it cannot be builded up, that is to say, it cannot be brought to perfection, nor continue in good plight, but by the means of the preaching of God's word. So then, if we be willing that God should be honoured and served, and that our Lord should quietly have his royal seat among us, to reign in the midst of us, if we be willing to be his people, and to live under his protection, if we covet to be builded up in the hymn, and to be joined unto him, and to continue in him unto the end. To be short, if we desire our salvation, we must learn to be humble scholars in receiving the doctrine of the gospel, and in hearkening to the shepherds that are sent us, as if Jesus Christ spake to us himself in his own person, assuring ourselves that he will allow of the obedience and submission of our faith, when we hearken to the mortal men unto whom he giveth that charge. Therefore, Let us show the desire which we have that God should be honoured, and also the desire and care which we have of our own salvation, and of the common welfare and edifying of the church, which thing will then come to pass when all of us, both great and small, do give our consents that Jesus Christ shall have his instruments whereby to speak unto us, and draw us unto him, which order, if we observe, He will so bless us thereby, as we shall have cause to glorify him, for that we shall see how it hath always been his will to procure the salvation of our souls, and that he is ever at hand with us, and will so work as we shall not want anything that is for our behoof or profit. Now let us fall down before the majesty of our good God, with acknowledgement of our faults, praying him to make us so to feel them, as we may be cast down in ourselves and seek nothing else but to be set up again by him, and that our Lord Jesus may have such preeminence over us, as we may honour him as he deserveth, that we, being under him in his keeping, may be so guided by his Holy Spirit, as his word may profit more and more in us, and show forth his strength, that he so bear with our infirmities, as he may never cease to take us for his own, so long as we live in this world, until we be all gathered up together into his kingdom, that it may please him to grant this grace, not only to us, but also to all, etc., End of Sermon 25